and welcome to PCTY Talks. I'm your host, Sherry Simpson. During our time together, we'll stay close to the news and info you need to succeed as an HR pro. And together, we'll explore topics around HR thought leadership, compliance, and real life HR situations we face every day. On today's episode, I've asked Melissa Maxson, a senior talent acquisition manager here at Paylocity, to join me to talk about interviewing 101 um, and all the things that we need to consider now in this new next, as I like to call it. Melissa has over 20 years of talent acquisition experience, and she's done it in a variety of specialties and industries, including sales, corporate functions, engineering, and software consulting. So Melissa, thanks for taking a few minutes to chat with me about this. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm excited to talk it through. So I thought we could start with uh, what's the process that you go through with managers to define what they're looking for in a candidate? So at the very beginning of this process and the managers identified an opening, how do you walk them through that? Yeah, so we actually go through what we call a recruiting strategy meeting. You know, some call it an intake meeting. And so the idea behind that is it's basically anybody who is going to be part of that process, whether it's the hiring manager, maybe the hiring manager and somebody who's going to be part of the interviewing team and the recruiter. And it's basically going through all of the details for the role specifically. So, you know, understanding the role, the details behind timing, you know, really specifics on location, all of those things. But another part of it is really getting to understand the skill needs, the competency needs, and having conversations around the potential of the candidates for that. The second part that's great about those recruiting strategy meetings is that it also allows everybody who is going to be partnering together on that recruitment to be on the same page and talk about processes, steps, and identify tools and resources that are needed as you go through that interview process. I love that you have incorporated kind of all the people that need to be involved. I know when I've done intake meetings before, if you don't have everybody in the room, sometimes those expectations on how fast or slow the process is going to take is very different. Um, As you've worked with managers, how have you helped um, coach them to not introduce bias into, you know, the perfect candidate profile? You know, I've heard it said before, like, hey, I want, you know, somebody who I can like go grab a beer with. Well, that really has nothing to do with the job. And so what tactics have you used to help managers identify traits and behaviors and experience really linked to the job? Yes, that's a great point and and trying to engage that early on in the process. So actually just talking about that recruiting intake meeting, a lot of that is having those conversations to talk about the role, talk about the potential of the opportunity so that as you're talking with a hiring manager, you are getting them to think outside of the box of just the candidate they're looking for. So maybe you talk about the candidates that are upskill candidates, candidates who might be a little advanced for the position, but maybe there is some opportunity. So those questions can really draw them to think around the culture ad versus just trying to find a specific fit or a skill ad within that role. The other thing that's really helpful is if a recruiter or whoever's recruiting for the role does some pre-work before they go into that meeting. So maybe they're coming in with market data in 
industry data, um, even profiles, candidates that might be a fit. So that way you're already getting that manager to think a little differently than just going in with a set expectation. We're covering all the different areas and different backgrounds that potentially could be a fit for that role. Once you've identified what that profile looks like, how does you and your team go about deciding where to source? You know, I I find that I've run into this question a lot in my career, depending upon the job or the niche or the industry, and sometimes it can be a little overwhelming. So how do you break that down? A lot of it is just around the idea of thinking about where are the candidates? You know, where are candidates spending their time? And that's always a great resource to utilize to find candidates. So, you know, a good example of that is when you're getting that information about skill set and the role, you can ask those questions like, are there any associations, any, you know, professional groups, maybe networking groups, uh, diversity associations, all different types of niche groups that those individuals might be a part of. And you typically can find those on social media sites, LinkedIn. And so you can actually network through there. For more specialty positions like tech, you know, a lot of times individuals are going to be able to get more information about the role they're doing through different sites like GitHub, Reddit. So being able to identify those different sites. And so a lot of times it's just asking the right questions, whether it's the hiring manager or somebody who does that role, asking, you know, if if you were in this role, where would you be spending your time? And that's an, a way that you can actually go and identify individuals who have that background. And then, you know, LinkedIn is always definitely a huge resource, but a lot of times with LinkedIn, it might be more specific to different areas like sales. That's a great spot for us just because professionals are networking there. So that's another great resource as well. So again, you know, if you ask the right questions of individuals who are in the role, a lot of times you will get that direction. And then we tend to use our data from the hires we've made or where we've found individuals to use that as a resource and a guide for future sourcing so that we're basing off of where we've actually seen success and then adding to where we see new areas to go after. Something I would add to that 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 I know I've done in previous roles is also making sure that um, I'm layering in diversity when I'm thinking about where I'm going to source, where your your hiring manager might not fit a particular um, group. Their outward appearance might be of one uh, profile, but you want to make sure that you're, you're casting that broad net. So there's a lot of great niche groups that if you haven't been sourcing from niche associations, I definitely encourage you to do that because I found some really amazing untapped candidates in my past. Um, when those have been tapped appropriately. Um, You know, we talked a lot this year about HR's role in curating employee experiences. The candidate experience is, you know, one example of where that comes to life. And, you know, we as Paylosity have been recognized on Glassdoor before about having a great interview experience. Can you walk me through, you know, what you've seen is the best-in-class experience as you're thinking about bringing that candidate through the process? Yes, for sure. I mean, candidate experience is everything right now, especially in this market. I mean, it always has been important, but especially in this market, for sure, you know, it is a candidate driven market. And so if you think of the candidate as a consumer, every step of the way, every step of process that they are going to be part of is going to be impactful to them for them to base on what their candidate experience is. So, 
you know, it really has to start from the beginning and setting expectations across the board of everybody who touches the interview process, the recruiting process, how your job postings are, that it's really speaking to the encouragement of you want somebody to love your brand and want to get to know your brand and, and actually go through those interview processes. So having those clear communications and expectations up front and having those tips and tricks of ways to enhance candidate experience before the interview even starts is one big piece. Another is, you know, recently we, you know, revamped our interview training program. And the idea behind that is really that focus of great interviewing can be mixed with candidate experience very easily because the idea is it is really a business meeting. You are interviewing this individual, they are interviewing you to make sure that this is a company of fit. So the way you ask questions don't have to lead the candidate to a place where they feel like they are answering and they're not getting information about the company. So you want to gain information about their skills and backgrounds. And that's where behavioral questions are a huge win from that aspect, but also being prepared that this is a time for you to share the brand of your company and what you have to offer that candidate in, in the role that they would be there in that longer term uh, fill for their future career. And then the other side is it really has to go all the way through every step. So it's not just the interview. It's not just their first touch of the company. You know, as their steps between the interviews, having those touch points, communication points with the candidate, and being able to make sure that that conversation line is open. And then the other part is the offer. You know, going through the offer process, it's a big decision for a candidate. And so being understanding to that and having that open line of communication, being transparent, having the back and forth discussions as, you know, the candidate's trying to make a decision about their future career. And then even after that, you have to carry it out all the way through onboarding. Every single person that comes through the interviewing process is essentially becoming an an investor for your company. So being able to carry that all the way through, no matter what the outcome is, has the best feeling for the candidate when they walk away. But also as a company, you are learning from the candidates you are interviewing. You're understanding what skills are out there in the market. And it also helps us to be better. And then the last point I would just share is like anything else, you know, being able to be human. Sometimes maybe the candidate experience didn't go perfect, right? So you have to be able to feel comfortable to address that and say, you know what, we're human. We're sorry that you had this candidate experience. We want your candidate experience to be better in the future and we appreciate your feedback. I think for, you know, individuals that are out there looking for a career, they appreciate companies who come across as human and have that vibe of, you know, it's progress over perfection. And I think, you know, if we can learn from what we hear from candidates through the experience, it's only going to make us grow and be better with each experience we have for candidates in the future. It's so important that you touch base on transparency because as you were talking about the fact that the company is being interviewed for the fit as well as you're interviewing the candidate, you know, it brings to mind some things I've been seeing recently about questions you should be asking as you're a candidate going through the process now. And one of those questions is, you know, how did your company respond to COVID? And as I think about, you know, training, you talked a little about training. Those are important questions that, you know, managers need to think about. How do we answer that? Because maybe you didn't handle it that great, like you said. And can you be transparent about it? Or maybe you handled it great and that's something you want to highlight. I think it's important, though, as we think about training is 
How do you put those guidelines in place for managers? You know, what are what are the big questions that our listeners need to think about when it comes to training managers on, you know, answering questions and or asking questions? Um, so I guess the question is twofold. What are things that they should be trained on to answer? And then what are questions they should avoid? Like, what are the big no-nos when it comes to interviewing? Absolutely. I think to your point, you know, there's so many great things about your company that you have that you can offer to give perspective of that candidate into your company. So when you're answering questions for the candidate, being able to have some of those key points about your company and also being able to be honest and transparent about things. You know, sometimes it's that feeling of you want to oversell the company, but be honest because you want this person to really feel like this is the right the right place they want to have a career. So again, they will recognize that honesty. You know, the question you had about the questions that, you know, a in an interview you shouldn't ask. The biggest ones are around the idea of being really familiar with protected categories. I think sometimes in when you go into an interview, you know, you might have small talk and you start asking questions, little things that you might not realize actually have an underlying potentially offensive or, you know, really have legalities around them. So anything that, you know, attaches to protected categories like race, color, religion, gender identity, pregnancy, sexual orientation, national origin, age, you know, there's quite a few on that list, but it's the idea of there's not a need to go personal in these interviews. It's to focus on this individual's skills and abilities and what their career, you know, aspirations are and what they're looking for. And, you know, that's a big one with just those rapport builds because a lot of times with simple conversation, you can ask questions that might end up turning towards family topics or ethnicity. And and really, you know, if you stick with an interview guide and you stick with those role-specific questions, behavioral questions relative to competencies, it'll keep you on track. You'll still have the rapport build without going to areas you just don't really need to go to in an interview. Yeah, I've coached a couple managers on kind of that get to know you time, that chit chat time. Um, I think a question that comes up often, which feels very natural in a conversation, but like, oh, how was the drive in? How long did it take you to get here? Which that sounds like a pretty benign question. But um, once you start digging into maybe why you asked that question, maybe what you're truly trying to figure out is, hey, I know this candidate lives 45 minutes away and we live in an area with snow. Are they going to be able to come to work on time? So ask that question. (laughs) Don't ask where they live because that introduces, like you said, it opens up the candidate to share more about themselves than you need to know. And that's just human nature. You just, you want to share about yourself. You know, another one that I would, I would just highlight is make sure you understand what questions you can ask veterans. That's another one that I'm pretty passionate about. There's some really specific protections around that. So just make sure that you're doing your due diligence as you're preparing to interview candidates on the the do's and don'ts when it comes to things that you can and cannot ask. Because sometimes I think we think it's super obvious to our managers what those questions are. Um, and it, it isn't always. So I think it's our job to help educate them. That's a great point. And I think it all goes back, like you said, to the preparation and having the right resources. If you have a guide and you have a resource, it's easy to stay on track and not feel like you're trying to fill time with questions or ask questions the wrong way. How have you handled or what advice do you have for handling candidates as they're going through the process and they acknowledge that they'll need some sort of accommodation? Yes, that is a great question. 
You know, it goes back to the the human element of the interview process. When a candidate is bringing that up, I think from an interviewing perspective, it is our role to, you know, be open-minded to understand what is being asked and to collect the information. You know, if it's something that you are not familiar with or you are not aware of, to be honest with the candidate and say, hey, you know, I would like some more information around this and I want to do my due diligence for you to find out what we can do in these circumstances. I think you know, sometimes it's just that comfort to know you may not have the answer at that moment. So encourage in the candidate and let them know that it is going to be something that you want to look into and have the right information and really keep that human element of the ask and that, you know, going back and doing your due diligence of what the right accommodation would be. I think another layer to that too is understanding and and helping to um, get the business to a place if necessary to actually open their mind up to an accommodation. You know, as we were talking about this earlier, you know, let's say that you have somebody that you're hiring for a line role in a manufacturing environment and it's a, you know, your requirement on your job posting is you have to stand for eight hours a day and somebody says, I can't do that. I need an accommodation. Um, just be open to have that conversation. You know, maybe you haven't installed any sort of stools because you've never had anybody ask if you've never gone down that road. Um, but if it is a job requirement, obviously, y- you know, you can express that. But it, it, again, I think it's just, we got to be a little bit more open to have those conversations and not just give a gut reaction of, I don't know how that's going to work. Um, Cause I think that so limits our candidate pool when we don't open ourselves up for that kind of diversity. Completely agree. And it it really goes back to, you know, the beauty of interviewing and recruiting and hiring is the human aspect of having great people who are an ad to your company. So the more open-minded you are to that, it just really sets your company apart and, and really diversifies your workforce. So my last question for you, Melissa, is around feedback. So I've had interviews in my life where the recruiter has come back and said, hey, you didn't get the job, but here's why, and gave me some really great feedback. And then I've had others where I've just been straight ghosted. So what's what's your recommendation on keeping candidates informed either through the process and then when you've actually made that decision that the candidate is no longer going forward what feedback do you give them? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, through the process, I think it's it's clear communication of what the next steps are, you know, maybe any, you know, minimal feedback that you have that you think would be helpful for the next steps moving forward, I think is always helpful and just keeping that open line of communication. I think also just answering questions for candidates. Sometimes you don't actually have to give the feedback, but just letting a candidate share their feedback as well so that they can talk out their experience. When it comes to candidate feedback at the end of process, you know, we typically lean into, you know, being open and honest and updating on the decision. And it's usually along the lines of, you know, we really appreciate your time during the process and considering the company, we've made the decision to move forward and with other candidates, or it might be, hey, we've actually selected another candidate. And and we really put the focus around the encouragement and appreciation of this individual interviewing with our company and having interest in our company. And the reason why is just because, one, there is that appreciation because every candidate that we are interviewing potentially is a fit for another opportunity or another role within the company. 
So my goal isn't to let somebody down on something that actually their skill set is a fit for something else within the company. So, you know, giving that communication of, you know, let's stay in contact if other opportunities, you know, show up that you think would be a good fit. That's a great way to do that. Sometimes when you give too much of the why to a candidate of why you didn't move forward, we only had a short period of time of when we were interviewing that individual. And so we may not have had the full view of a person's background. And so if you are giving them feedback of something that they don't have, we may not 100% know that. We just made a selection to go a different direction. So I always recommend sticking with the, you know, being honest, transparent, and quick and timely with the feedback and, you know, letting that individual know, being appreciative of the time that they've dedicated to the company, but also know that sometimes if you try to go too deep into the why and it's too much feedback, then that also can leave a candidate feeling like they're getting too much of a heavy feedback piece without really any development attached to it. Internal employees, I think it's really important to have the work with your HR business partner to look at development opportunities for that individual. Internally, you have the right development opportunity right there in that. But the biggest piece is to your point, you don't want to be ghosted either. You want to know that your time was worth the interview process as a candidate. So always making sure that you are giving that feedback to a candidate in the process. Melissa, great points. Uh, thanks for taking a few minutes to chat with me about interviewing. I'm anxious to see what the future of interviewing holds, uh, you know, as I think about AI and some of the tools I've seen already being used with video interviewing. So I think the future of this particular part of our industry is going to change a lot in the next couple of years. So it'll be exciting to see what happens. But again, thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. This podcast is brought to you by Paylocity, a leading HCM provider that frees you from the tasks of today so you can focus more on the promise of tomorrow. If you'd like to submit a topic or appear as a guest on a future episode, email us at pctytalks at paylocity.com.